Wilderness podcast from Cathedral Church of St. Mark's. This is a Baptism of Our Lord edition of uh, Eat This Book, where we will be uh, praying our way through the scriptures appointed for the day and teasing out uh, words, phrases, and images to prayerfully turn over in our hearts and ponder with with Mary. So I'm Tyler. I'm Holly. And uh, welcome. Shall we get going there, Holly? Let's dive in. Okay. Start by praying the collect for Holy Scriptures. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Blessed Lord, who caused all Holy Scriptures to be written for our learning, grant us so to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which you have given us in our Savior Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. And the collect appointed for the first Sunday after the Epiphany. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Father in heaven, who at the baptism of Jesus in the river Jordan proclaimed him your beloved Son and anointed him with the Holy Spirit, grant that all who are baptized into his name may keep the covenant they have made and boldly confess him as Lord and Savior, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns, one God in glory everlasting. Amen. So we hear Holly. Baptized into his name. Hmm. And I hear that over the imagery of baptized into water. Mm. It's something that is immersive, expansive, reaches everything, uh, allows and receives everything. Mm-hmm. Our whole life, exactly as it is, can be welcomed into his name. Yeah. Or is already in his name. Mm-hmm. His name is what we live and move and have our being mm-hmm. in, right? That always feels to me like the paradox of baptism. Yeah. It's already so. Yeah. <laughs> and yet, yeah. it's important uh, to see it and, and name it and have the words of belovedness pronounced over Jesus and over yeah. each person at their baptism. But it's not that now they are beloved. <sighs> That's been true all along. Yeah, no, I've had people when they're baptizing their kids ask me that. So does like God not care about this eight-year-old until that happens? The sort of Augustine sure. thing if you're not baptized and then you're going to go. Purgatory, at least. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That doesn't make sense with the loving God we know. Yeah, and coming on the heels of um, Holy Name, January 1st, um, like we think of, of names as um, indicating objects. Mm-hmm. Like I use the word to indicate something out there and over there that's Mm. separate from me and um, I think that there's a there's a different kind of um, naming being indicated here especially when you start thinking about the um, the Hesychast tradition of the Jesus prayer Mm. which is one of the ways it's spoken of is the, the invocation of the holy name. Mm-hmm. What does it mean for the holy name to be always on our lips? What does it mean for us to be baptized into his name? Uh, does it mean we constantly are going around muttering to ourselves? Even the practitioners of the Jesus prayer say, bad idea <laughs> you know when a bird's flying 
it doesn't constantly flap its wings. Mm -hmm. uh, there's times when it can glide, and so there's this dimension of holy name and being baptized into the name that uh, is a wordless recognition or something like that, mm -hmm. right? Where so no longer the name is an object out there. Something it's already in us, deeper in in me than you are in me. Yes, as Saint Augustine, great. Yeah, but a different kind of name than just uh, cherry tree, and I gesture out there, mm -hmm. name it, and I'm done with it. As this thing separate from sure. me. This is it's a living name that, um, in a certain way shows us who we truly are. Mm -hmm. like I remember when I was baptizing somebody, the sponsor was like, so uh, how come the last name's not written in the bulletin? And I was like, oh, because when you're baptized, everybody's last name is Jesus Christ. <laughs> so it's <laughs> whoever it is, Jesus Christ. <laughs> or one body, you could say, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm. So there's a, a strange way that I'm being uh, hearing the name sung in us actually shows us who we truly are. Mm -hmm. Like in First John, who we are is yet to be revealed. It's actually through abiding in and with Christ, letting the holy name soak and permeate our being that our true name is then spoken. Mm -hmm only in union with God and Christ through the Holy Spirit is our real name ever spoken. Like, happy birthday. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think that might, that's, I think that's interesting. What happens if we say our loved one's names that way? Not possessive. Yeah. Uh, or distinguishing other people, or get over here. Uh, <coughs> or our enemies' names that way. Right. Strangers, cherry trees, everything yeah. around. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so everything starts to come to life sort of uh, by him, in him, and with him. Mm -hmm. um, that's why you can hear people say things that at first sound really crazy, like, the cross shows us the true form of all trees. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> mm -hmm. But the dying and rising, deathless one raising, reigning in glory from the cross uh, somehow shows us the true nature of an oak tree, mm -hmm. right? cypress tree, whatever. Orthodox theologian Stephen Stephen Freeman is, is fond of pointing that out. The cross shows us the true nature of all trees, and, and then he goes he goes down the list. You know, mm -hmm. pointing that out that we only ever see clearly mm -hmm. when uh, we see it embraced. In Christ. Right. And when we see that, then the particularity of the oak tree shows us something about the cross. That it's alive, that it's fruitful, it's not yeah. dead yeah. and uh, hopeless and hanging, but mm -hmm. <laughs> tree of life. Correct. Yeah. No, that's... It's pretty wild stuff, I have to say. <laughs> And, like, interestingly, what you're saying about other people's names, like, if you, if you do the Jesus prayer as a regular practice and you use, like, a prayer rope, there's always these beads every ten or something like that, where you can either just rest or you can, um, what I do is I pick people's names with whom I have difficulty. Mm -hmm. And I... Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on so-and-so. Mm -hmm. And uh, what that's calling me to is to 
see them as see Christ in them mm -hmm. and yourself intimately connected to them yeah rather than a, a cut off estranged mm -hmm. enemy right uh, to whom I show partiality mm -hmm. um, so it's it's interesting how the early church like actually like embeds that like as a like you know, say the holy name <laughs> And then when you get to this knot, say your enemy name in conjunction with the holy name. <laughs> right? And it's like this kind of like amazingly simple but incredibly practical way of like working with this, those people who wreak havoc. Shall we read Isaiah? Yes. Yeah. Is that me? I'm reading yes. it, right? Okay. Isaiah 42, 1 to 9. Here is my servant whom I am uphold, my chosen, in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break, and a dimly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or be crushed until he has established justice in the earth and the coastlands wait for his teaching. Thus says the Lord God, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people upon it and spirit to those who walk in it. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I have taken you by the hand and kept you. I have given you as a covenant to the people a light to the nations to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison those who sit in from the prison those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord, that is my name. My glory is given to no other, nor my praise to idols. See, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare. Before they spring forth, I will tell you of them. Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Wow. <sighs> you could pick anything here. Yeah. I like this. The bruised reed he will not break. Yeah. The dimly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. What what mercy <laughs> has shown him that. Um, bruised reeds and dimly burning wicks. Even from that. Yeah. I guess I hear in that something that is itself, but not all the way. Uh -huh. That's what is like the bruised the reed bruised will stand up straight. Right, it's been crushed over and leans a bit. Yeah. The dimly burning wick is not quite doing what it's made to do, being what it's made to be. Mm -hmm. And that can be individual and. Collective, obviously, mm -hmm. right? so we can feel clearly like bruised reeds and dimly burning wicks. Mm -hmm. um, and but a collectively, people. yeah, like when you look out at the world and you see mm -hmm. bombs raining down in Ukraine or mm -hmm. five people dead the week before Christmas, homeless, uh, freezing to death, you can say. Mm -hmm. <coughs> That the community itself is a bruised reed and burning wick, mm -hmm. uh, and the temptation would be just to say, ah, "Forget it all." Yeah, that's how I might follow that up. But the following <laughs> right. line is, "He will faithfully bring forth justice." Yeah, but not the hope of the poor be taken away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for 
for justice, for righteousness, mm-hmm. right? So we tend to uh, approach uh, like social justice questions often as things that need to be solved now on our timeline and miss the fact that our hungering for that is what God uses to bring about um, lasting change. Mm-hmm. You know, like why haven't we fixed this already? Mm-hmm. Well, the, and then the Beatitudes remind us that there's something holy about that longing and that yearning because absolutely right. Yeah, and we're actually dismissing that when we jump too quickly to try to fix it. It's because we it's uncomfortable. It's painful. It's it's a morning with the world, right. watching with Christ. Yes. Um, with Mary at the foot of the cross, seeing the suffering of the world, longing for there <laughs> to be yeah. justice, love, and active. Right. Um, that and that is a an uncomfortable place to be, uh, but holy and fruitful. Yes. Yeah. And you know, since there'll be baptisms, right? Like baptism as uh, immersion in to the messy sufferings of the world and solidarity with mm-hmm. all rather than uh, what membership in some private club that's got it all sewn up tight sure. and your salvation has been accomplished and mm-hmm. uh, in, we've done this book in formation a bunch of times Rowan Williams mm-hmm. wonderful book being Christian yeah. uh, first chapter on baptism I read it I think my first semester of seminary, and then every paper I wrote for a year was about baptism, because <laughs> it's, it's so great. So I recommend that chapter to all of you. Um, but he uses the imagery of going under the water, going into the water, uh, to show exactly that, that we're washed into solidarity with the unwashed. Right. Um, that you go into the River Jordan, and it stirs up a whole bunch of mud, and that's as it should be. It's not this neat, clean, tidied off, protected from whatever may be White uh, bonnets. Difficult. And, right. Yeah. Um, That's the very sort of antiseptic thing that the liturgical acts of baptismal can, I think, mistakenly mm-hmm. um, convey. Mm-hmm. Um, that it is this setting apart, right? right. Rather than actually being tossed into mm-hmm. a mud bath with all of humanity, all of creation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what baptism actually yeah. is. Those same waters of chaos from which the world <laughs> yeah, is yeah. called in creation. That's Those are the baptismal waters. Right. There are sea monsters in there, as the icons show. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right, so it's going where Christ goes and going where people are most vulnerable and at risk and, and mm-hmm. standing there with Christ. Yeah. And at the same time, that like indissoluble bond, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, between God and the, the, the baptized established in that sacramental act so that it's not that we're never afraid of going to places where Jesus goes because I don't know about you, but when, I, when, that, when that happens, I'm actually quite scared. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's sort of like what my grandfather said. If somebody, he's in World War II, he said, that, you know, if anybody tells you that they're not afraid in battle, they're um, either lying or insane. Mm-hmm. He says, of course you're afraid. You should uh, be. But you go. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and courage is going anyway, mm-hmm. even though you're mm-hmm. afraid. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I think that's what the indissoluble bond we have this insane calling to go where Christ goes and it is it's mm-hmm. um, weak we find ourselves weak need at least I do mm-hmm. terrified often but we go in the confidence that even for this trimmed wick mm. this untrimmed wick dim what am I I'm, an, I'm a, a dimly, dimly burning. burning wick that's right and uh, <laughs> that even this bruised reed yep Right? Uh, and that's conveyed in all of the calls to the prophets, those stories. It's always, 
I'm afraid I can't do it. That's impossible. Right. That's, don't be afraid. I'll be with you. I will send you. I will give you the words. <laughs> yes, go to the Pharaoh. Mm-hmm. I, through you, Moses, will lead the people out of Egypt. Yeah. But it's funny because the number of times I've like met with people in spiritual direction who hear that injunction, do not be afraid, mm. which occurs 365 times in Scripture, one for each day of the week. <laughs> Here. Uh, they hear that as there's something wrong with me if mm. I feel if I'm afraid. Just another thing I'm failing at. Correct. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I'm bad. I'm unfaithful. Yeah. I'm not doing it right. Uh, if I were a true Christian, I wouldn't feel fear. Right. I, and I think it's like I think it's a helpful thing to like no baptism is calling you to acknowledge your fear. And go anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is true that love casts out fear. It is, uh, but it's I think gradual, and it's maybe not the casting out that we wish it were, where I'm never gonna feel afraid again. Right? Yeah, and fear might not have the same hold over us. Yeah, maybe we're not afraid of being afraid. <laughs> that can be in the picture as well, and no, it can sure. all be yeah, held yeah. in and governed by love. That's that's good. Okay, the song, Psalm 29, should we read it responsibly by whole verse? Yes. Ascribe to the Lord, you gods, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters, the glory, the God of glory thunders, the Lord is upon the mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is a powerful voice, the voice of the Lord is a voice of splendor. Voice of the Lord breaks the cedar trees. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon skip like a calf and Mount Hermon like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord splits the flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kaddish. The voice of the Lord makes the oak trees writhe and strips the forest bare. And the temple of the Lord in the and in the temple of the Lord all are crying glory. The Lord sits enthroned above the flood. The Lord sits enthroned as king forevermore. The Lord shall give strength to his people. The Lord shall give his people the blessing of peace. Why the psalm on this day? The voice of the Lord is upon the waters, yep. the mighty waters. The Lord sits enthroned above the flood. That in Him is, is our strength. Mm. The Lord shall give strength to His people. The Lord shall give His people the blessing of peace. Like one of the things you're doing in baptism is um, taking. Uh, profound refuge in the goodness and loving kindness of, of God, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and dying to all the ways that we um, usually um, try to seek uh, security in the world. Mm-hmm. Power, possessions, prestige, whatever. Just distracting ourselves to death, you can't dismiss mm-hmm. that either. <laughs> yeah. When your cell phone tells you on Sunday morning, you know, you've had however many hours of screen time in the past week, you know, like, well, where is I taking refuge, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, sometimes you're just reading something good, yeah. but sometimes it's just a protective um, gesture of um, distracting ourselves from, mm-hmm. the, from the pain of living, mm-hmm. right? Uh, from the contingency of being a human being world, surrounded by suffering. So peace is received in the cessation of all those games and attempts at reassuring ourselves. Substitutes, yeah. Yeah. That's like we are, you know, when we hear, 
ascribed to the Lord you gods and you're like what kind of crazy universe is this where there's like these gods who have to pay homage to God right. and it's like well it's very practical I mean you know like we have lots of gods mm-hmm. other than God in our life you know our good reputation mm-hmm. you know how other people see us uh, whatever could go yeah. down the list right and so it's saying to to that God, the God of your good reputation, yeah. no, no, no. Pay homage to to the Lord of Lords. Mm-hmm. Right, but that that doesn't have to be what runs our life. Yeah. Right. Uh, and it, it's a deeply liberating, mm-hmm. uh, and it's true refuge where everything else is false refuge. You know, you dig the snow cave in the in the snow when you're camping in it falls in on you in the middle of it. Have you ever, that's ever happened to you? I did. It has not happened to me. To me. That's terrifying. snow cave, yeah. Yeah. And you thought you had nice warm refuge and then it... Suffocating. We, we dug it badly, yeah. Mm. <laughs> it, yeah. And it, yeah, it, it can kill you. You can't kick through it, then you're toast. Right. Yeah. So the, so that's the really crazy thing about any refuge other than God is that it... It will crush you. It will. Yeah. Suffocate you. Squeeze the life out of you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's good for you know Netflix, true crime stuff. I mean, it provides them with endless material. <laughs> you know, the Bernie Madoff series that's on there now. Sure. You know, um, but as a strategy for living, that's so good. Mm-hmm. The also just the the dynamic um, sacramental picture of. The world that's presented. Mm-hmm. All yeah. creation hears the voice of the Lord and responds. Yeah, like I think, like a particle physicist or whatever they're called now. Like I don't even think quantum physics is what even people talk about. Term. No, <laughs> but you're asking the wrong person about that. But I think they would say that yeah, Lebanon does skip like a calf, basically. Right. And, and so that, does everything. Yes. <laughs> There's only skipping calves. Yeah. Uh, and so this mm. this dynamic uh, sacramental uh, picture of the world is charged with God's presence mm. and action. You know, and vibrant, not created a long time ago, but renewed each moment. Not a world of dead matter. No. Uh, and in fact, they say there's actually no such thing as matter. And I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> but like, ob- no such thing as objects. Mm-hmm. Like going back to that name thing, mm-hmm. right? When I treat the other as a mere object for my pleasure or use, or whom I can just uh, quietly dismiss, um, I'm not in accord with this dan- dancing, leaping picture that the psalm is setting forth. Because that person is dancing and leaping too. Mm-hmm. And I've fixed them, I've yeah. turned them into. I've labeled them up. Yeah. Plaster this name onto them. I know who they are. Mm-hmm. Got a box to put them in. Not so. Which brings us to Acts, which is so good. But okay, I'm having trouble seeing properly, so I apologize if I. That's fine. Peter began to speak to them. I truly understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation. Anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. You know the message he sent to the people of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. The message spread through Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John announced, how God announced Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with water, how he sent him about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. We are witnesses to all that he did, both in Judea and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him on the third day and allowed him to appear, not to all the people, but to us who were chosen by God as witnesses and who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one ordained by God as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him, and anyone, everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. The word of the Lord. 
Thanks be to God. Peter is accounting for his new understanding mm. uh, that the call is not just <laughs> to those he thinks are the chosen people, um, not just to, to the, the circumcised covenant, but right. to all yeah. people. Yeah. I truly understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable. So here we get the kind of like declarative doctrinal statement mm -hmm. of the experiential encounter that mm -hmm. is like way more interesting <laughs> that enacts this thing that yeah. shows us how he arrived at. Mm -hmm. His ripped up vision of all clean and unclean animals and the voice of the Lord saying, Peter, kill and eat. And mm -hmm. his refusal because of no, I've never done anything unclean. Uh, Do not declare anything I have created unclean. Right. And then the encounter, right? Immediately following. Yeah. Yeah. With the centurion, right? Mm -hmm. um, that it's like he's breaking every law in the book by even stepping across the threshold of the centurion's house. Mm -hmm. Everything that Peter has practiced his whole life how he secured his entire religious identity mm -hmm. hinges on him not coming in contact with somebody mm -hmm. like that centurion. Right? His whole sense of himself as a good and righteous, moral, law-abiding person. Right. He can throw out to actually meet the person. <laughs> it's amazing. It is. It is. That he could do that. I know. Um, yeah. It's, it's equally... Uh, as remarkable as uh, Paul's transformation, I think. Uh-huh. And Peter seems to lead the other disciples into that understanding. For and sure. It, it seems really integral to Peter as the rock, as yeah. uh, this disciple of, in the emerging church. And he has the reason, because it's a curious kind of rock who's always putting his foot in his mouth and oh, jumping yeah. in and getting it wrong. But it's almost like you can't just say there's no partiality in God. It's like you have to enact from within the community, as Peter does, mm -hmm. the journey from mm -hmm. huddled partiality to the embrace of the stranger, right? Mm -hmm. um, in order for that to be um, in the bones of the community that mm -hmm. is birthed in Acts, right? Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's just some lovely sentiment. Right. So it's almost like you need, again, like... Absolutely. The, the Moses, the tongue-tied Moses type. I can't, I can't go to Pharaoh, but like, how is Peter the rock? <laughs> like, because he's not. Yeah. But his, his rockiness is actually in how he is so human, right? Mm -hmm. And that in his bruised readness mm -hmm. and his dim wickness ham-fisted earnestness yes over yeah. and over yeah where are you lord <laughs> you know i seek you yeah <laughs> just messing it up over and over and yet letting uh, the experience of jesus the person be his guide rather than yeah. all his ideas of what it's supposed to be yeah yeah i mean talk about the name the holy name, you know, he walks on water, starts to sink. Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. Mm -hmm. Calls out. You know, that's that story should get more credit. It as really the source of the Jesus prayer, to be honest. For real, yeah. There's like three Sundays in a row where the only like remarkable thing that happens is like people screwing up, and then that's Jesus, the have call. Mercy. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it like shows us so much about life of discipleship, the shedding of self-sufficiency, um, the peace and ease that comes from not just saying the name, but taking refuge in the name as the name.
But so this is this is great, and it makes a lot of sense. Like if you're saying, well, why is it on the Sunday the baptisms? Well, of course, it says great things about who Jesus is. But like, I don't know. Maybe it's the the poet in me who just I much prefer the enactment of this through mm-hmm. story. Yeah. Rather than the conclusions that it. Yeah. Yeah, I think these sorts of doctrinal distillations or condensations mm-hmm. from those experiences. Uh, the only thing that justifies uh, saying these things at all, right, <laughs> trying to distill into words, is, I think, evangelism. Yes. Um, trying to point people to that experience. Yeah. Um, right. That's, I mean, all of our <laughs> language <laughs> about God right. um, is limited, cannot distill uh, yeah. the liveliness of the experience of the name, um, but is an invitation, a pointer. Yeah. Yeah, it's just one of my favorite stories and we rarely get to hear it, it's all. <laughs> Cornelius? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He does tell it twice in Acts. He does. It's a big deal. It's a big, big deal. And it's showing the church who the church is called to be like still now. What are the ways that we refuse to baptize? What are the ways that we show partiality? Who are we calling God when we... Whose name is on our lips when we show partiality? When Mm -hmm. we won't cross a doorway? Mm -hmm. You know, like, it's a big deal. Return to the. I think what Peter is expressing is the yeah. embodied and acted understanding of the trustworthiness of God. Yeah. Um, in particular, this aspect that no, God really does love everyone. It's, mm-hmm. <laughs> there are not some that are special and others that are hopeless written off from the start. Um, and that's just one aspect of uh, the steadiness and. Uh, dependability and the uh, gifted uh, grace filled nature of who and how God is mm-hmm. <laughs> this whole picture of God as contingent upon us being upright oh, yeah. reads <laughs> <laughs> you know brightly burning lamps oh, I mean, no. I'm going to the dentist I mean I suppose that means I need to like you know get my teeth whitened to I guess so right be yeah. a brightly burnt is that, is that what I do yeah. Yeah. gotta shine right yeah uh, but that whole picture just collapses and goes out the window and then mm-hmm. they be the community around Peter the early church becomes like a, a, a pliable and mm-hmm. vulnerable place for God to happen rather than their own ideas of what God mm-hmm. thinks or what God needs from them to be happening. Right? Mm-hmm. God happens rather than our, our ideas of <laughs> who we think God is. Happens. Right. Yeah. 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 I think kind of my formative, messed up understanding of, of God. One way that got bent or, mm. or crushed for me was uh, I really had a, a sense of the powerfulness and sovereignty mm. of God. Mm. Um, and I was told that God was good, but I didn't, that didn't always make sense. And mm. it was, uh, I think for me, a, a continuing um, journey has been into uh, not just the idea that God is good, but truly trusting that God is loving, merciful, does not show partiality, Mm -hmm. um, is tender with all of us. Um, That's Kind of has a thing for bruised reeds. Yeah, (laughs) which is good because that's all there is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like what a relief too, like, and and like just even psychologically, right? Yeah. That you can... um, Admit your bruised reedness yeah. and your dim witness because we spend so much of our life like 
denying, repressing yeah. that reality. Oh, right? I need to not be afraid. Cover, yeah, cover up our, our faults and our foibles. And <coughs> this says, no, just, <coughs> just as you are. See them, name them. In the seeing and the naming, they're embraced mm -hmm. and touched and healed. And that whole, all the energy that was previously devoted to <laughs> covering that up can be devoted to um, loving other people. Mm -hmm. Like Cornelius is in our midst. Mm -hmm. um, Cause there's a lot of like just good old fashioned denial and repression that mm -hmm. goes into not recognizing our bruised, re dim wick mm -hmm. nature. Yeah. You don't have to pretend anymore. Mm-hmm. Call it for purity. But <laughs> the gig is up. <laughs> Uh-huh. I think that's and what... And that, <coughs> as an aside, <coughs> that adverb, worthily magnify his holy name, that's... <laughs> the worthily there is modifying the name, not us, not our magnifying, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah magnify yeah. in a way befitting to the glory of God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, it's... I, I just, I hear this as such an important corrective to, I think, of a version of God that a lot of people have, a God who exists and is kind of mean. Yeah. And <laughs> really has it out for us. And uh, like Peter, <laughs> we are invited into experiencing the love of God who does not show partiality. Uh, the living God. <laughs> the only one that's actually real. Right. Yeah. That everything is embraced in that bed sheet. Mm -hmm. Right. The clean parts of ourselves and the so-called unclean parts of ourselves mm -hmm. all held right? mm -hmm. in, in that love. And that's, uh, in the Christian picture of things, that's how, that's how healing and transfiguration takes place. Mm -hmm. Not by trying to get rid of unclean aspects of, of ourselves we we see them name them let them be held in love and they mm -hmm. when they're brought to the light they change lose their hold mm -hmm. over us and like the glorified ones of Christ yes are a mark of God's mercy yeah yeah so Gospel reading is from Matthew 3, 13 to 17. Jesus came from Galilee to John of the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, in whom I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise <clears throat> to you, Lord Christ. I need to be baptized by you. Uh, <laughs> Do you come to me? <laughs> I'm wondering how, how Jesus comes to each of us in our lives, asking to get baptized. You know that that Buddhist joke about like the Bodhisattva is the one who refuses 
to enter nirvana until all sentient beings have been saved. Right, so all the sentient beings except for two have been saved and they're standing at the doorway to enter nirvana and these two great bodhisattvas are there and the one says to the other, you know, after you, and the other one says, no, no, after you, because they can't fulfill the vow unless they've saved the other one. But there's this interesting kind of like, the servanthood of Jesus comes up against the humility and, and, and pointingness and, and servanthood of John. And there's uh-huh. this almost this game of like hot potato. Uh-huh. Like, let me, no, no, let me, let me. Like, because yeah. <clears throat> humility meets humility. Yeah. Servanthood and self-giving meets servanthood and self-giving. Yeah. 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 Different degrees, perhaps. But that's kind of, isn't that the source of the kind of like, mm-hmm. I should be baptized, like what's happening? No, mm-hmm. I'll do it. You baptize me. No, you baptize me. Every Christian has a vocation and a call. And I think that is <laughs> across the board sort of overwhelming. What? You come to me? Mm-hmm. Uh, the call sneaks up on you, you mean? The call comes to you? Yeah, there's a sense of, who am I to do this? Uh, um, yeah. And yet, here I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Jesus is happy to, to come to John for this. Mm-hmm. Pleased to take up our humanity. Mm-hmm. He does not despise our weakness. And again, that's a good thing because that's all we have. Our weakness? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and so that's that's what we have and that's what we offer. And it's received, loved, consecrated. So are you are you getting at that like Jesus consenting is like to be baptized by John is like him saying yes to the whole messy human situation? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, you're the baptizer, man. Of course I'm gonna be baptized right. by him. Like that's your thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> is that what you mean? Yeah, I think so. Meeting him as yeah. he is. Yeah, and honoring yeah. John's vocation, even in John's sense of his unworthiness yeah. before it. Right. And if we take seriously that Jesus comes to us in the face of our neighbor, then Jesus is presenting himself to be baptized by us in whatever our daily work is, mm-hmm. constantly. And who are we to do that? And yet, it's proper for us to fulfill all righteousness, meeting this one in front of us. So what would a non-liturgical, non-say, sacramental baptism of Christ coming to us in the other look like? Can you give me an example? I mean, you're a priest, so every example you come up with is... They're already churchy! I I know. know. (laughs) Uh, Um... The people who knock on our doors all the time yeah. is, is what first comes to mind. And so true meeting and encounter is baptism? Is that what you're... That's a way to baptize? It's a way to step into our calling, not being overwhelmed by our inadequacy to it. Yeah, And also to see that person as beloved, right? Mm-hmm. Which is the second part of this whole thing. Mm-hmm. I saw the beloved with whom I am well pleased. And like you were saying, Jesus going under the water is also Mm. uh, a 
taking up of our humanity just as much as being born in the manger and uh, enduring death on the cross. Right. This too is uh, consenting um, to go to the very depths of human experience. So there's no place that is God forsaken. That God might be all in all. Mm-hmm. Holy Saturday. It's all Holy Saturday. Yeah. Have I told you my story about uh, the Reverend Dr. Robert Pritchard, the church historian at the Virginia Theological Seminary, where I was sacristan for three years? We ran out of holy water for the font. Mm. And Dr. Pritchard, I think he would say he's low churchman. He was set to celebrate that day mm. in the chapel, and um, so we had this like enormous like pickle jar, I think it was, like industrial-sized pickle jar that we would fill with water, and then the priest would back, so that we could fill it up throughout the week. Um, and so Eucharist is at noon, it's like 12.53, you get the book set, all the, the, the credence tables, laid out, you know, the candles are lit, and I was, oh, Dr. Pritchard, would you mind, um, would you mind blessing this water? And he said, why would I do that? And I said, pardon? What do you mean? Because <laughs> we have a, a font. <laughs> and he said, don't you know that at Jesus' baptism, all the waters of the earth were consecrated? <laughs> and so he drops this, like, right. you know, and then, you know, of course, being the sort of task-oriented sacristan that I am, so does this mean you're not going to bless the one? You know, <laughs> like miss the whole, <laughs> miss the whole point. Um, but like, there's that really mm-hmm. interesting, like what you're just saying. Like he assumes it all, so it can all be redeemed, mm-hmm. right? It's Nazianzus. The analog to the cross shows us the true nature of all trees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the how... baptism of Christ shows us all water everywhere. Right. And how, and also how incarnation can be salvific, mm-hmm. right? There's the assumption of that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not just the death on the cross on Friday afternoon. Right. Where all the action happens. It's the entire person and work mm-hmm. of Jesus' yep. life, ministry, all of it. birth, life. That he joins us yeah. in this human life. Everyone. Messy start to smith, messy end. Right. Yeah. That's what saves us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think? I think it's good. <laughs> well, I hope he's with me in the dentist chair, because that's where I'm headed uh-huh. now. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's proper for us this way. Lord have mercy. Yeah. <laughs> Take care, everyone. Very good. See you next week. All right.